Hey everybody, welcome to the Perfect Halloween Playlist. It is the final episode. It's a trend that we did like every Halloween. We do it every other year. Uh, I think this is about the 17th episode. I, I lost track somewhere. So, uh, here's the weird thing is, earlier this year we we ended the spinoff of this called The Perfect Saturday Morning, where we had a playlist of our favorite cartoons. Who did the final episode? It was my oldest, dearest friend, uh, and by that I mean that he is a walking car. He's a zombie from beyond. Hi. The name is Raul. <laughs> Raul. <Sorry>. Um, <laughs> so this is. I just want to put one final capper on this show because uh, I've talked about it in the other shows in January. Video night is getting spun off in new directions. We are launching. We got the beat, which is about teen movies of the '80s and '90s. We're going to do nice. Video Fright, which is uh, grabbing four movies from every year of the 80s and the 90s and discussing them. Um, and then, of course, we have regular Video Night, and then Back in Tunes is being spun off into Hit Rewind. Just try to change things. So, ending some shows, ending some spinoffs, and uh, that's apparently what you're... You're the cleanup man. You're the, you're the relief pitcher of podcasting. That's all right with me. All right, so what we do here is... In, in general, we just like pick our top ten for Halloween, but figure it's the last episode. Why not go for the scariest number of all? Thirteen choices. No. <laughs> I always want someone to go. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'd be all over it, but I got a nine-year-old trying to sleep. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> so. Let's uh, so do my let, tales let, from the crypt. Let's yeah. give. Oh my God! You would kill yourself at this age doing that. I don't know how to say anybody Probably. can do that voice. Rupture, you know, yeah. something spleen. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, to know the history of our relationship, it uh, it started on a ship sailing the black seas, <laughs> taking it off. Uh, <laughs> you and I, uh, I think the first real conversation, like we got along, we met in gym class. And then, like, uh, after that was over, we went to algebra, and we ended up in algebra together. Both of us, I think, failed algebra and went to pre-algebra together. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. And yep, I actually went... Yes, I actually went into algebra and had to go back. Yes. Yeah. So we both got kicked back, and what are the chances that we would both sit next to each other and talk about metal music and, and, and TV shows we thought were cool? Definitely, we talked about movies a lot, to the point where the girl who sat catty corners to us... <laughs> Do you guys ever shut up and just do some homework? And we looked at each other and go, no, not really, no. Because no. we have a teacher who doesn't teach. When he comes around, he stinks of coffee. Uh, there's nothing to do. We don't Like, algebra just sucked. So that's what it was for us, so just talking movies. And then I think uh, that was January of 92. And then in Jan or February of 93 is when we started our little movie nights. Watching Evil, Evil Dead, Halloween... And I think the next night it was, uh, I want to say it was Fright Night, I want to, I think. That was the, never mind, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know we had a night where we watched uh, Monty Python, The Holy Grail, and Strange Brew, but I think that was like a couple weeks later. But that kind of set the thing where we were purposely trying to find, I think it's because our love of Mystery Science Theater, because you and I both discovered it around the same time, mm-hmm. we would purposely rent really, really campy movies. And the king of them all, after 25, 27 years, whatever it's been now, the king of all bad movies is The Chair. The Chair. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's kids. I have not watched it. Oh, I did. I watched We did an episode over uh, two years ago, I think, about it, about that whole electric chair horror, uh, horror movie trend. You know, with Shocker mm-hmm. and Prison, yep. uh, the horror show, and The Chair. I will have to dig that one out of the archives, I think. Will you? Really? Do you need to? I don't think you need to. It's not as bad as I, I thought. I need to. It, it's it, little, really, you know. it really isn't as bad as I thought it was. There was one that you rented that was so hideous, it was called Hellhole. And I think it was just like, we have 12 bucks, we're going to go shoot in a town. And uh, it's like an old ghost town or whatever that, that they uh, filmed it in. And it's just like a, a naked lady who wandered around and just scared people. I don't even remember. It's been a long time. Hellgate? Oh. Hellhole. I think it's Hellgate. Oh my gosh, I don't remember. We've watched so many. Yeah. So many bad movies. My brain's fried. <laughs> All right, so it, it, it's, it's just the way it's meant to be is that we start this off, this episode, with number 13. Number 13. 
Well, these are in no particular order. Oh, damn some it. of them All are right. really. <laughs> well, you know. I'm sorry. No, no you're fine. You're fine. I don't even know why I did that. That's just ridiculous. Okay. There's no demands. Let me just grab the one. I'm sorry. We're going to cancel like the episode. Let's just move That's on. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about My Little Pony now. And, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> My Little Pony, the one where the horse got rabies and decided to murder the rest of the ponies. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, number one on my list. Or picking and choosing, throwing a dart at it, per se, would be my favorite, Army of Darkness. Oh, this is one that you and I truly... Well, we bonded mostly on Evil Dead 2, but it was uh, Army of Darkness yeah. is that one that we rented all the time until I one day just said, I'm just going to buy this thick of thing. And we constantly mm. watched it. We watched this so many times at Dave's house. It's just like one of those regular go-tos. <laughs> yeah, David... Honestly, yeah, Dave was real good at, at quoting this movie. Yeah, and he wasn't even a fan of horror movies. He's one of those guys that kind of no. like if it had a lot of comedy in it, he's good to go. You know, a lot of fantasy right. action element kind of stuff. Yeah, but pure horror, no. This is really good for people who love sword and sorcery and you know slapstick comedy. It's kind of a warm up to horror films. If you like this, then you can slowly move along to other uh, types of film in that genre. I think you were supposed to go. Close. I think you were supposed to go with us to the theater to see this, and oh. for whatever reason, something got in the way. And uh, I went with Aaron Holly, and I just remember being in line. We took my sister, and uh, I wasn't seventeen. She wasn't seventeen, and I was like, "Aaron's my brother." I mean, he kind of looked alike, I guess. I could pull that off. Could have worked. Yeah, right. so we, we got in. Um, yeah, that was one of those, I came out of the theater just like jazz. I told people about it at school. It didn't matter. This thing tanked hard. I, basically, it was just the built-in audience that was from the first two Evil Deads. It was one of those video discoveries. Just, God, there's like 19 different versions of it on home video. I really don't know which the final cut is. <laughs> I said Bruce Campbell's really the king of uh, master of cult movies. Yes. Cult I guess. So. Yeah, it was so hard to find some of his stuff because we and I were big fans of him, and the only place we could ever get our fix of him was uh, Briscoe County Jr. Mm-hmm. Do you remember no seeing bad. Congo and getting excited, and then he gets killed like the first two minutes? You're like, well, never mind. Yeah, we're done. We're good. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, that's a that's a quintessential. Got to got to watch that for Halloween. Um, what's the next thing on your list? Next thing on my list, Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Oh, that is, I think, the first legit horror movie I was allowed to watch. I don't, I didn't even know why, because, well, that was 87. I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies till like, 92. And, Unfortunately, uh, I was, uh, I was exposed to horror films when I was really young. Yeah. And I had some nightmares after. You, you <laughs> had. that one about. When we started our movie oh. club, you guys had, like, all this history of movies to watch. Actually, I think the first legit horror movie, you know, I forgot was not at my house. It was at Robert's house, where we watched The Wraith and Highlander 2. Mm. And you guys were telling me about, like, Trick or Treat and Point Break and all these other movies that were really cool, and I was just like, I gotta see this stuff. And I think that's oh, yeah. what kind of started it. So you want number three? Yep, go ahead. You just said it. What, The Wraith? Trick or Treat. Oh, Wraith, Trick or Wraith, Treat. Wraith is an all-year-long thing. I think. Yeah, so, it, uh... Yeah. I, I, I can't believe this movie still isn't, like, in a legit release in years. Right. I think it's only a full-screen release, which someone just took the VHS master and slapped it onto DVD. There's no... I could be wrong, but I don't think there's... Like, I know there's not a Blu-ray. There might be a foreign Blu-ray. But it's kind of weird. This movie still has a cult following, but the problem is, if you don't release it in a special edition, people are going to forget it exists, and it's going to fade away after, you know, the next decade or so. And that'd be a shame. Yeah. So I, I watched... I've watched it... In clips, if you will, over the last two years, I've not been able to see the, or our only brick and mortar uh, VHS rental place, if there were any left, there really wasn't. DVD actually is what it went to. Obviously, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm with the times. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's gone now. Our only brick and mortar DVD rental place is gone now. So any of those old movies that even if they had made it to DVD, I can't even get my hands on those now. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I um, I think it's all on YouTube. It's the last time I watched it about three or four years ago, and it's still very entertaining. Yeah. Well, no, we watched it because I forgot. We have discussed uh, we're, we're pro- a few of these movies we're going to cover, and then I'll just say, hey, it was in this episode, 
and then it'll save us some time. But there was a heavy metal horror episode we did. We did cover uh, this one. Three or four years ago, we covered... I'm trying to remember. I think we caught, we discussed the gate briefly because we didn't really get to watch it, but we caught we what we talked about brain scan. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it was the one with Gene. Trick or treat was the one. Trick or treat's the main that one. That was trick or that was trick or treat, wasn't it? Yeah, and there's Rocktober Blood. Oh yeah, Gene Simmons is in Trick or Treat, right? Sorry. Yeah. Um, Rocktober Blood and Black Roses and stuff like that. But I, I feel like there was another one in there that was really centered around heavy metal. I can't remember, but that's a, that's an episode we really focused on. Um, brain scan because yes, it's not technically about heavy metal, but the whole heavy metal alternative uh, uh, aesthetic is in all over that movie. Uh, but trick or treat is like the gold standard for what are the cliches, the rules of like that kind of metal back then. Exactly. Are you asking me? No, I can't. Even, no, I'm just, <laughs> okay, just, yeah. just saying. That's so, what the movie's about. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Playing records backwards. This movie is Ozzy Osbourne completely yeah. playing someone. He's out of his character. Yeah. <laughs> What kills me is that Charles Martin Smith directed it, and Charles Martin Smith is known for um, playing, what was his name, Ducky on American Graffiti, and then he was, uh, he's the one, he's the sheriff, Um, no, 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 what is it, he's one of the untouchables, though, he's the goofy little guy with the comb over the glasses, not a guy that's necessarily known for doing horror. Oh, yeah, okay. And well, Mark Price, a Mark Price is a comedian. It's a very it's unusual skippy. casting, but it works because he really, and more. I, I, to me, he's not Skippy. He's the character in Trick or Treat. That's what I mostly know him from. Right. Well, I grew up watching uh, Family Ties. Yeah, I think we all did. Well, they just it kind of I'm like, so that, that's how I knew him. Oh. Honestly, but that, I did. By the time I got around to watching Trick or Treat, though, I. I didn't make that connection for some reason. Yeah. It's funny as I think about it, there's a lot of people from Family Ties that went into horror comedies. Uh, we have Teen Wolf, we have My Demon Lover, and then Trick or Treat's kind of, it, it's more straight up horror than comedy, but there is funny moments in it. Yeah, I guess Frightener is not. Oh well, yeah, there's some funny moments in that too. Yeah, right? oh, well, Trevor's, Michael Gross, what's going on here? Right. <laughs> Justine Bateman <laughs> owes us a horror movie, people. <laughs> okay, I think I just lost my 13... Because Frighteners should have been on that list. Oh, um, yeah, Frighteners, yeah. Um, all right, we're, we're going long here. Let's, uh, what's the we next one? We are going long. Moving on. Uh, what, I haven't been marking these. Nightbreed. Nightbreed. Oh, my God. I, I, there's a new cut coming, and apparently it just got canceled because of legal wrangling, which I'm so disappointed by. <sighs> the ultimate, ultimate cabal cut. Yeah. I didn't know that was happening until just, you know, like the other day when I put this list together. I'm like, we are uh, video nights. Three been on, hours. Video nights been on kind of hiatus. The version that I do with Andrew, it's really edited and put together really well. Um, mm-hmm. We pick four movies around a topic, and we're doing horrific heroes for October, and it's gonna be, I believe, Nightbreed, Darkman, um, Shrunken Heads, which is ridiculous. Um, I can't remember what the fourth one's gonna be, um, but we want to pick something like, oh, well, th- normally in this world it would be the villain. But because of the way they, they did it, whatever, the, something grotesque and horrific is the hero. I'm not doing Swamp Thing because I watched that the other day, and that is garbage. <laughs> There's a lot of those back then. Oh, if it was like on said, TBS, we a lot of crap. If it was on TBS every Saturday, <laughs> a pretty good chance it was garbage. <laughs> the um, oh. yeah, Nightbreed is one of those first trailers that I saw for a horror film, and I was disturbed. Like I was, but I was at the same time I was enticed to go see it. Well, I was heavily into Clive Barker at this time. I was really into uh, Hellraiser and well, just his books in general. Yeah. And that's what brought me to this. I actually read Lord of Illusions before I saw Lord of Illusions, which and I believe you and I saw open a weekend to a very, very empty theater. <laughs> yeah, it was sad. Clive Barker honestly wasn't. Clive Barker's that great. a rougher. <laughs> it's rougher for me. Uh, there's there's three schools of like the the writers in horror when they get movies made. Uh, Stephen King, of course, is the king, uh, name intended, um, where it almost always works. Even if it's bad, it still kind of works because it's entertaining. Um, He's campy to begin with. It's, well, yeah, it's the most accessible too. Uh, Dean Koontz seems to be the one that you just cannot get right. It's so insanely hard for such a popular writer to not get a single movie <laughs> done the right way. Does he ever have anything to do with him? I think I think that he just gives away the name or the the rights to the book and then moves on, just takes a check. He's not involved. 
Clive Barker hasn't had. Clive Barker. Yeah, he hasn't had as many adapted because I think he wants serious control because of the way Hellraiser was taken away from him. And there's been like what 19 sequels? Come on. Yeah. And maybe only the first three. Uh, out part of four. Parts of four are good, but after that, it's garbage town. That'll bring me to the uh, the next movie when you're talking about running it into the ground. Yeah. Puppet Master. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about the alien? The HR? Or the Robert No, R? no, we're talking about the puppets. We're talking about the oh. little, little puppets. Gotcha, yeah. okay. Um, well, we did say Come run to the ground. That's just dumb. There hasn't been sequels to Puppet Masters. Um, yeah, you know, I watched the new one. Uh, what was it? Puppet Master Axis of Evil or something like that. It was, it was kind of a reboot. That one was unbelievably entertaining. And uh, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go back and revisit the series. The first one's atmospheric to say the least but it's a little slow and boring but i think two and three could get better yeah they do get better because the budgets get better but i do say there is an exhaustion point how many of these are there there have to be in double digits by now 13 14 something like that i'm looking at a list actually it says retro puppet master i'm not sure what that is but uh at least 13 or 14 something in that range it's nuts the uh nightbreed it's almost better that it did fail, that there weren't sequels. Yes, they did continue in the comic books, um, but you get sometimes franchises are so successful they just run to the ground and then you're just sick of it and it destroys a legacy. Exactly. I guess I'm, I'm happy about that because there's a couple of shows, like that being said, like a couple of Clyde Burker stuff, um, Great Secret Show or Imagica, those two books, two of my favorite. Imagica was one of those books that it took me four It did. You had that to on finally the finish this thing. <laughs> you had that on the shelf oh, in my college. Word. And you were you had already been reading it for a while then. That was nineteen ninety five. I've been reading it in high school. Okay. I started reading it in high wow. school. Wow. <laughs> like, it's, it's the language in it was just so much but that's what I love about Clyde It's Barker. So dense. He has a true vision. The only problem is it's kind of like the way it is with Tolkien where they create their own language, their own world. Sometimes it's hard to crack, whereas Stephen King was the genius at at grabbing what the normal man fears and then building something on top of the world we already know. And then he ties it into every book somehow. Yeah. It's weird. But Clive Barker has the tie-in too, right? Uh, Nightbreed is connected to Hellraiser or something like that, right? Am I wrong? Um, Or is it? No, no, Hellraiser is connected to Lord of Illusions. That sounds more like it. Yeah, because actually Cabal was at the end. That was actually the little novella at the end of World Illusions. Okay, okay. Because there's yeah. with the Harry, uh, the character that Scott Bakula plays is a detective in some of the other books, so it all kind of intertwines. Yeah, I, I wish Clive Barker could get some more projects going because uh, I'm afraid that he's going to be forgotten. Who talks about Clive Barker What's, anymore? So what has he written lately? That's the big thing. I'm the, of course, I, I don't know because I'm actually out of that world at the moment because I don't read as much as I should anymore. Yeah. But it's kind of sad. But Well, you did have your eyeballs replaced with like little peanut rolls. So what are you going to do? I mean, you got to eat your eyeballs sometimes. <laughs> you know, me... yeah, they weren't useful. Okay. I was what, wanting to watch my phone for five more minutes. I'm hungry now. I need a storage container for my snackies. That's right. <laughs> I have no idea where you're going. I don't know <laughs> idea either. Next movie. <laughs> oh, where, where are we at? I don't know. Okay, this is a really... Okay, what I was trying to come up with earlier is... Oh, now I've lost it again. Uh, so I came up with uh, Tales from the Crypt, but then I realized that's a TV series, yeah. not a movie. Well, um, was, well was there's one movies. way back when, but... Yeah. But that's... Anyway... Okay, just throw on some episodes of that. I'd be happy watching that. That'd yeah, be, I mean, this is, has uh, nothing nice to do with it. It doesn't have to be movies. The show, uh, the first season is so unbelievably crackerjack. And I remember getting to the end and being like, eh, I don't know anymore. I don't know if I want to keep it going. It just got... It. Like, they ran out of ideas. I don't yeah. know. I just, I'm with you on that one. But definitely earlier seasons, loved it. What was the... Is a, okay, so the one you mentioned earlier, it's got Stephen King in it in one of them. One of those shorts. Well, Creepshow. Are you talking about Creepshow? Creepshow. That's it. Creepshow. That was actually the one I was trying to come up with. but Yeah. Well, then, of course, there's... People forget Tales from the Dark Side is basically Creepshow 3, which is from a TV show by George Romero. And we talked about that a few years as well. There was talk of... Uh, it might... It got killed, unfortunately, but M. Night Shyamalan... Shyamalan? Shyamalan. Shyamalan. I love his work. Just can't say his name. 
Um, he was going to bring back Tales from the Crypt. He was going to, why not reboot it, but reimagine it, I guess, or something along those lines. But and there was just too many heads, too many hands in the in the pot there. It just couldn't get it to, to work out. That seems to be a lot. Every, I keep hearing about this anthology series relaunching, and then something happens. Like they were going to have amazing stories relaunch, and then something happened. Like the only one they've got going really, I think, is. Uh, I, I know Creepshow is launching on Shudder, and then uh, Twilight Zone's on the CBS All Access. So those two are going. But I would love to see Amazing Stories and Tales from the Crypt and all sorts. I just want to see the whole thing come back. I'm not sure about Monsters, though. Forget that. Yeah. Ready's Nightmares? I forgot about that. Oh, good. Thanks, man. Good. The, oh, oh, man. oh yeah. Listen, we already revisited that once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... So yeah, Tales from the Crypt, my favorite episode, I think, is actually the pilot episode. I, I think I have it right. The Santa Claus one, right? Uh, Where so... the, the wife kills the husband or whatever, and then she somehow gets locked out of the house trying to get to her child. And there's a homicidal maniac dressed as a Santa, and he comes in. And it's just, just this crazy game of like uh, outwitting each other. I think I vaguely remember that one, yes. Yeah, it's really early on. I also love the, uh, I think it's the final episode, it's the comeback episode, or the, or the comeback episode, where it's the three little pigs, and Bobcat Goldweight is narrating the wolf, and he gets the snot beat out of him by the pigs. Okay, there's a episode with Bobcat, and it, no, not Bobcat, Sam Kennis, I think. Oh, okay, that's been towards the end. Was it? No, that might be a different anthology. All I remember is him... He had killed somebody, and it's at the nightclub that he works at or whatever owns, and at the end of the day, he ends up, he's trying to get this voice out of his head, and he ends up shoving these Q-tips in his head, and he ends up admitting what he did to the whole nightclub, Okay. when all they were really looking at was the fact that he had these big things sticking out of his head, <laughs> but I don't know, it's, it's very... I didn't do that justice, but anyway, no. <laughs> I don't remember that episode. It was, it was pretty... Anyway, moving on. Yep. <laughs> Gremlins. Oh, God. I might be the only person on the planet that loves part two better than part one, and I think the first one's amazing, but that second one's so off the wall and crazy, like anything goes, part, but it's not scary. Part two is the one with the flying one, right? Yeah. Okay, yes, I like that one better just because of him. It, he died too soon. <laughs> yes, he did. The gargoyle uh, gremlin. But yeah, the first one is, when people say this is a Christmas movie, I don't get this. Like, when they say Die Hard's a Christmas movie, I'm like, well, hold on. There's a big difference between a movie taking place at Christmas and then a movie being about Christmas, and that's the difference to me. These are, these are the people that really don't want to watch the Peanuts. Yeah, the I, that's all I got to say. They're like, I'm not watching that Christmas story again. Let's watch uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's set at Christmas. Well, Iron Man 3 is also set at Christmas. So you're going to count that as a Christmas movie. Don't. Long Kiss Goodnight is not a Christmas movie. Stop it. No. <laughs> that's not how I want to remember Christmas. I'm sorry. No. The, uh, um, yeah, Gremlins, it's just amazing how well it's done. You know the guy who created the... Chris Wallace did the special effects on all this, and he walked away in the early 90s, and he's now, like, an art designer up here in Portland. What did you say his name was? Chris Wallace. He uh, he ended up doing The Fly 2, The Vagrant, and then he was yeah. done. And now he just does art installations and, and stuff like that up here in uh, Portland. Well, Sometimes it's fun to dabble for something, you know, a short while and then yeah. try something else. Well, I always wonder all those chemicals else. they use. What I mean, could there be toxic and, and something could happen from that? You know, there's a lot of experimental stuff going on in the 80s, and they're trying all these new things. I just always worry about their health being uh, in contact with all those fumes. Right, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Is it a shame Speak that uh, Zach Galligan never really had a career after this? Because I think he's just absolutely wonderful. I thought he was. I mean, it's not like he sucked in any, in any way, really. Maybe it's because... Did he... Maybe it's because we're always looking for, I don't know, the standout kind of actor has something weird and quirky about him, where he's like the all-American boy. Therefore, Hollywood kind of views him as bland. And there's so many people just like him, they can replace him. Yeah. Also, I think he was in college when he did Gremlins, and he disappeared for a long time, so I feel like there was a long gap between Gremlins and then when he showed up again in Waxworks. So he's done... He's still working, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he is an adult, but it's just, you know, not as much. 
Right. Nothing that really stands out. That's the big thing. Yeah, that's a bummer. Or maybe, for me, maybe it's nothing I've actually... Yeah. Then again, what do we do for a living? You don't recognize What do we do for a living? We shouldn't bitch. <laughs> no, no. All right, what's next on the list? Let's see, none of these look familiar. Right, um, okay, moving on to one my wife had brought up. Uh, they didn't even think about it until she brought it up. Final Destination. Oh, wow. I did not the expect to see this one. on your list because this is kind of after you and I stopped watching horror movies. There's a big period we watched them like crazy and kind of faded out in the 2000s. Well, I have to tell you, this is one of those movies. <laughs> okay, so anytime I'm driving down the highway and I see a log truck oh, or something yep. similar, the first thing that comes to my mind is, let's get the hell out past you. Yeah, <laughs> that second movie, thing. man, that is one hell of an opening. We're up a lot longer all the time. I get so nervous. Did you know that well, Final yeah. Destination 4 is set in Fort Wayne, Indiana? No. Yeah, the opening. Because I didn't bother watching Wait, it. Wait, is it Fort Wayne or is it the second one? I didn't like it. You know, I can't remember now. I thought it was Fort Wayne, or there's a thing that tips it off I got so surprised by. Um, that's a series where I think there should be a comeback. And I'm kind of surprised they haven't, like, continued the series, you know, just gave it a breather, or rebooted it. And let's say, with everything else to reboot, I wouldn't doubt it one bit. Yeah. Irvington, opening sequence. Oh, that's the first one. Darn it. Yeah, the first one is the airplane crash. Second one's the trees. Third one is the roller coaster. Fourth one is the car race. And the fifth one, I have no idea. I can't remember the fifth one. See, I lost interest after two. Yeah. So I had no idea there were three. I had no idea there were five. Oh, four. yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's one of, another one, of the, for, at least for me, and I don't know about everyone else, but for me, after two, it just... Well, it's formula. It's That's the thing. The That's the problem with a lot of horror movies. Is it becomes formula, and they're just trying to mm -hmm. think of new ways to kill people, and then it becomes, exactly. you know, it loses the mythos, I think. And yeah. um, I, I feel like I've seen this in a movie before where they set up all these traps. I want to say it was, uh, do you know what I mean? It's, it's one with Joanna Pakula, The Kiss. The Kiss. Uh, it's from the guys who wrote the uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It was their first movie. And it was about a lady who had this ability to curse situations to get people killed. So she would set mm. up, like, accidents that weren't accidents. But, like, oh, this would break open, water would leak out, it would get into electrical system, this would fry. You know, this whole, uh, oh, what do you call that? Like, uh, domino effect. The way one right. thing would happen and kill them off. And I was like, oh, because I saw it way after Final Destination. I go, that sounds familiar. That's <laughs> a oh, yeah. That leads me to the next one, I guess. Yeah. I couldn't watch it after two. Scream. Yeah. Uh, three is rough. I think a lot of the problem with this franchise is because Kevin Williamson walked away because he was too busy. Mm. And part three is only an outline from him that was written by somebody else, the writer of Reindeer Games. And then he also <laughs> wrote part four. And I think Seriously? that's, yeah, he wrote part four, and I think that's the problem. The first two are Kevin Williamson all the way, and they're so fast, they're so funny, and one of the first horror movies to really be in on the rules of the genre. Was West director of all, or like, more he than was, just yeah. the first one? Or? No, all okay. four. All four? That was his bread and butter, buddy. Yeah. Well, who doesn't want to love a good Wes Craven, but... Do you remember, Although, do you remember, I don't... I think half of us didn't get to see it opening night, and the, and the rest of us were waiting till Saturday because it got sold out. And then Brian mm -hmm. was taunting us the entire night with, I know who the real killer is. It's, and like, shut up, Brian, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Brian. Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, I'll kill you if you tell me the ending. <laughs> that's, that's, those, that's the way it was back then, though, 20 years ago. That was the trend. Who is the killer? Every single one of these slasher, scream, wannabe movies was, who is the killer? And it was just a fun discovering that mystery. And I look back on it I now, to... I don't particularly find them scary. They're more like action comedies that just happen to have a horror element to it. The way they're shot, yeah. they're edited, the there's no real terror. There's a, this, one thing I had a problem, I think you guys had a problem with, I had a knack for figuring out. Yes, it you son of. Before murder. anyone else. Well, this is one of those movies, and I think it's kind of why I like it, but I didn't really know. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you. I mean, but you did with like I, so many movies. were sitting there, and you go, 
And I, I would have seen it before, whatever, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a killer. I'm like, how did you... He's been dead the whole time. So, how, how? <laughs> well, I could have easily said, yeah, uh, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. No, I, I seriously did. I'm like, and it drove me nuts sometimes. I did that with, uh, was it? Oh, The Sixth Sense. So I watched that. Yeah. At my sister's house. I came in after the first scene. It was a nice, fresher breath air. Because I had no clue <laughs> what was going on there, you know? Not a whodunit, but, you know, what was actually going on there. But, yeah. Anyway. Do you remember Do you remember From Dust Till Dawn? And you and I knew, oh, but nobody my. else in our group knew that it was. It goes from hostage movie to vampire movie, like insane mm-hmm. vampire movie. And you and I were just sitting there going, uh, here it comes. And like, what the fuck? What is going on? <laughs> you didn't know it was a vampire movie? <laughs> Fooled you. I thought we were just watching like, oh, uh, uh, now I can't even think of a good Tarantino movie film yeah. right now at the moment. Uh Pulp Fiction in the West. Anyway. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, did he do... Uh... Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Never mind. Moving on. Moving um, on. Lost it. Moving on down the road. What's okay, next? now we're moving into movies that aren't so scary, per se. But they're good Halloween watches. Mon- they're good Halloween watches. Monster Squad. Oh, God. It's, it's on every single... I don't think I've had a single episode of this show where Monster Squad didn't show up, which is astonishing considering the thing was a massive, massive flop. What were they thinking opening this two weeks after Lost Boys? What were you guys thinking, dummies? You big, big dummies. <laughs> big, big dummies. This is actually one of my wife's favorites, too. Probably because of who was in it. But. Yeah. <laughs> I I remember there was a period of time where, of course, I was obsessed with this, but there was a time where I'm like, this is campy garbage. Why did I like this so much? But then you get older and you have deep, deep appreciation for not the horror stuff, for right. the studio, the production quality. That makeup is insanely good. The way it's filmed is awesome. The action sequences are great. The casting is fantastic. Meeting a Jeffman has no. <laughs> That Rudy, to us as a kid, Rudy was the coolest dude on the planet. And now I look at him going, put that cigarette out right now and you back like a grown-up. <laughs> right. Oh, I hate getting, it sucks getting older. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's one that's... Kid, kid's eyes. I don't know anybody who hates this movie. Yes, they'll kind of look at it and say nope. it's kind of campy, but it is so... It's done well, though. Earnest. Yes, it's, it's well made, but it's also earnest in what it's trying to do. Yeah. Did you know as a kid I wrote a Monster Squad 2 story? No, you didn't tell me that. It is not good. I read it. <laughs> I don't have any more. But I remember reading it oh, years later. On. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would do this thing where I wrote I wrote Ferris Bueller's uh, Next Day Off, where he decided <laughs> to... It was 10 years down the road and he was skipping work. Uh, I wrote Young Guns 3, um, and I wrote Ooh. Monster Squad 2 as a kid. I'd be interested in Young Guns 3. I actually... I actually, call, I'd be interested in Ferris Bueller's... <laughs> well, I have ideas. Ferris Bueller days off, but now it's about his son, and Ferris has to take the day off work because his son is skipping school, and he becomes Mr. Rooney. He's the boring, tired old guy, and he's stuck with the rules now. He's forgotten who he was, and now he's basically become... Be awesome. He's become Mr. Rooney. But then halfway through the movie, when he finally catches his son... He has a co-worker that is trying to buck for promotion and take his job away from him, and then it becomes him and his son teaming up against the jerk that he works with. Dude, you're totally going to flesh that out. I know, I know. And then I was thinking, <laughs> what was it, Young Guns 2? I was going to call it Old Guns. This is set way, way later, like in the Roaring Twenties. And it was going to be them. Need... Huh? Go ahead, go ahead. They're going to be, they're old men, whatever, and Billy the Kid decides to take on these mobsters, these young mobsters, and, uh, you know, now he's on the side of, you know, not, not necessarily a good guy or the law, but he's like a vigilante. And, of course, he's under a different identity, so people don't know, really know who he was. And he puts together his old crew to take on. I don't care if they're dead. We're still going to find a way to bring back Lou Diamond Phillips, Kiefer Sutherland, you know, Charlie Sheen, Dilmore Walrooney. I mean, it doesn't have to be young guns. Just call it old guns and then have it just about uh, old Western guys taking on the mob. I mean, come on, give it to me. Give it to me. Old fart guns. Twenty million. Come on, we can do this. Twenty million. They're making a build Ted three all these years later. You can do. You can do the old guns. Right. Hey, how do we derail like this? What's the next movie? <laughs> we, because that's what we do, Mark. 
Yes. We derail. Oh, we talked about Lost Boys. I forgot real quick. Uh, how do you feel about the sequels? Honestly, I've not seen them yet. I've oh. got them on hold to watch, and I've not had the guts to watch them. <laughs> two, two copies the first one too much, I think, but it's really connected to the original script, like the characters and stuff like that. Three is, yeah. I think, a lot, I think three is a lot of fun, and it's, uh, and the only problem is they they have a thing in there for a part four with werewolves, and I'm like, it never happened. Damn it. Okay, that would have been awesome. Yeah, I almost wonder if they should have gone much with better just, version of Twilight. Yeah, well, gone up against different monsters, each Lost Boys movie would have been good, I think. True. Um, okay, so back to the list. Where are we at? Uh, let's see. Beetlejuice. Oh, quintessential fun family movie that nobody thought was going to be a hit. You look at it now, this could only happen in the 80s with Tim Burton because it's such a bonkers idea. All right. That's why I like that movie. This is, this is the movie that put me on a Tim Burton trail for the rest of my life because I love his stuff. And Danny Elfman, of course, you know, in, along with that. But it's like, well, I don't know if Danny Elfman did the movie for this, but Timber, Danny Elfman, other movies, Danny Elfman did, you know what I mean. Yeah, they yeah. go hand in hand. And that's when I fell in love with both of those. I have been listening to Oingo Boingo constantly lately. And I never realized, like, okay, I, I even have the greatest hits. But I only knew, like, the four or five major songs. Of course, Weird Science being the big one. Right. You know, Dead Man's Party, um, This Is My Private Life, stuff like that. But then I started diving into their catalog, and they have every single song, uh, every single song is like this deeply layered orchestra. It's almost like Broadway, because it's all telling a story. It's not just a pop song with generic lyrics. It's telling a story. And sometimes the protagonist of the of the story is actually the villain. He doesn't know he's the villain. And it's Danny Elfman was so far ahead of anybody else, I think, in music at the time. It makes complete sense oh, yeah. that he did music for movies. Yes, yeah, he did do this. That's right. I've got the like greatest hits of Danny Elfman. Yeah, so, the music know, from a the darkened theater, that. which we listened to all the time, yes. which had the Nightbreed, the Dark Man, Pee Wee, yes. uh, Beetlejuice, <laughs> of course, Batman. Batman's what made him famous. But I, it's, it's, I didn't know he did the music for Back to School and Midnight Run and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so he's just just off the wall enough to. And uh, I tell you, the only thing I don't like by him has to be. The whole Willy Wonka thing. Oh, that's exactly that. I was gonna say that's the only one I cannot stand. Oh, uh, uh, um, I can't stand that whole movie. I don't. I don't want them to do Beetlejuice too. They've been threatening this for years now, and I don't want them to do it. I, I've read the outline for Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, which was the script they tried getting going for years. They tried to get Kevin Smith to do it, and he said no. And you know that's why they did the cartoon because they couldn't get the sequel going. So like we got to keep this character alive. Basically, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian is the Deedles. Uh, go on vacation and they buy a condo um, in like uh, the Bahamas or no it's mm-hmm. Hawaiian so it's Hawaii duh um, <laughs> but the land they bought they were conned into buying the, they thought it was just you know pure it's kind of like the uh, poltergeist rule where it was on uh, barrel ground and the tribe that lives there oh, decides to bring they bring Beetlejuice back uh, to get them to stop building the condos there, and then he, befri- you know, he teams up with the Deedles this time instead of being their enemy, and they fight off another evil spirit that's much much bigger. And the concept seemed fine, but when you read like how the characters are treated, they're they're thrown away. You know, all the female characters were given nothing to do. The jokes are not funny. Beetlejuice is a horrible, horrible human being. Well, horrible poltergeist. <laughs> I mean, way worse than he was in the original, because let's not forget that he was a sleazebag in the original. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you definitely... You, okay, so I loved the cartoon. I'm glad they did. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, but it, it couldn't be any different. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know they're friends, and then it's much more kid-friendly, whatever. You're not going to have oh, a... Yeah. You're not going to have a line in the cartoon where he's going, Nice fucking model! <laughs> what are those? You know, just... I was just reading that. Actually, funny. He said that some of the, they had to cut that completely out and make family-friendly yeah. versions of it. But really, the whole movie is not. We've come for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> nice. And who's okay? So if they redid the movie, would it be with him? Well, or... they're talking about doing a sequel. So if you want to, are you talking about like a flat-out remake? No, no, no. 
You know, they're hopefully, trying to. They, they're they, not gonna re- they better they, not reboot it. No, no, they had Michael Keaton attached for a long time. It's just called Beetlejuice Returns. I, they've been talking about it now for five years. I just don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't want it to happen because now at this point, yeah. Well, I guess age wouldn't matter because Beetlejuice already looked horrible in the first place. Truth. And I think it's still got the chops for it, but it just if they did it, whether I want it to or not, yeah, I couldn't see it with anybody else but Michael Keaton. Though, yeah. So. Do you think it's weird there's a trend of, like, sandworms around that? We had Dune, we had Tremors, and we had Beetlejuice, like, fairly close together. That was a weird trend. I forgot about the worm. And... <laughs> okay. But Dune had technically been around for a while. That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, what's the next movie? What How many more do we have, by the way? Uh, for, like, I see... That was Nightmare Before Christmas. No, I didn't do that one yet. Okay, let's do that. Nightmare Before Christmas. Speaking of Danny Elfman, um, Broadway-level voice right there, man. That movie's so much fun. Do you remember, I'm not going to name names, but someone told us not to watch it because it was uh, Satanistic or anti-Christian or something like that. And we're like, what? No. It's a kid's movie. Stop it. (laughs) I don't know who that was. I know who it was. I'm not going to mention it on there. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) Because we still know this person. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> but I just remember going, yeah, that no, just stop it. Just stop. I think it's funny that so many religious people are against horror movies because there's so many classic horror tales that use God to defeat, you know, the spawn of Satan or Satan himself. Right. I mean, look at Dracula. So many things are used, uh, you know, uh, the cross and the Bible and... You know, the the wafers. So many things in the Dracula mythos use religious artifacts um, to defeat evil. And Nightmare for Christmas, I think, finds a way of taking... I don't necessarily think anybody besides Mr. Oogity Boogity is mean, like a villain. It's just embracing... Death is inevitable. Darkness is inevitable. It's how you handle it. And I think they, they handle that with a light approach and that it can meld with Christmas and joy. I mean, Jack Skellington is just so much fun and filled with joy. How is that? I don't know. I'm just, it's so strange. People are protesting about Harry Potter too. And I'm like, just stop it, please. Harry, but yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm on board with that. I was like, I, fantasy and whatever, what your beliefs may be, I think fantasy is not... I mean, as long as it's not taking you down a rabbit hole or anything stupid right, like that, right. you know. Um, but I don't have a problem with it. I like Harry Potter movies and things like that. I don't have a problem with it. It's just a fantasy thing. It's it's an escape. It's just not like I'm. I think magic's real. Or yeah, I don't see you walking. I've seen you walking around with wizard tat, dude, casting spell on people, walking on that wand, going mecha like a high, mecha honey ho. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not right. a wizard. That's a genie. That's a genie shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> with that being said, I you know people who want to. I'll respect what they, you know, what their, their beliefs, their opinion. That's yeah. fine, but... Just forcing on other people, though. Forcing others, that's where my problem is. Yeah. Yeah. The, um... I thank goodness they have never, ever made a sequel to this. I just don't think you can capture the magic again. That's... I was going to say, I have not seen Coraline yet. And it's, it's like the closest thing I can think of that... Or Corpse Bride. It's just the style. I mean, it's like... Yeah. Corpse Bride. I've not seen either one of those, really. Yeah. Uh, For this, being a Danny Elfman or a Tim, Tim Burton, Burton yeah, yeah. I think I would be a... <laughs> well, Coraline isn't a Tim Burton. That is a Henry Selleck, who is the director of Nightmare Before Christmas. People give a lot of credit to Tim Burton, and yes, it is his vision, and him put he put it together. But Henry Selleck Sorry. directed that. And I, I think Sorry, he, Henry. Yeah, he deserves more due. He did James the Giant Peach, Monkey Bone, and Coraline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a couple others in there. But uh, that is the first movie from the animation studio that's up here, uh, Laika, which sadly looks like they're kind of coming to an end because that last movie really bombed. Is Disney buying them? Yeah, probably. They're buying everything. Disney's going to buy uh, They're going to buy us soon. We're like, we own the rights to you. Sorry. Sign them over. What? I didn't, I didn't even remember doing this. We're Disney. You can't stop us. But Kayla, and I, Kayla was, we were all running around the house. The other night, trademarking everything we said. It's, you know, that's the thing to do now. Well, you better do it before yeah, Disney yeah. Plus buys you. All of a sudden, you'll find your own streaming channel on Disney Plus. You're like, why, why, why can I see myself? I wanted to watch Tron. Oh, oh, they bought the life story? Okay. Do they know it's boring? 
<laughs> I'm sorry, we're canceling. We're canceling you, Ron, because you're boring. <laughs> Where it's do two I go? To me trying to finish uh, Magica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just you doing. Mm. I better look up what that word means. I don't get that. Clyde Barker, you're exactly. a weirdo. <laughs> it should have had a glossary at the back of that yeah. book. Um, All right. Where are we at? <laughs> Number 13, and this one's going to throw you. Hopefully not. If it's Hocus Pocus, Hocus I'm canceling. I'm erasing this entire episode. <laughs> I seriously said Hocus Pocus. <laughs> what? What? I actually kind of like the movie, man. I, I, I saw it. Well, when, when did you see it? I saw it just a couple years ago, and I'm like, ah, it's not for me at all. It's a, I mean, out of all the, the kid-friendly Halloween movies that come out, like Halloween Town and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, which is also shot actually, up here. Can... They have a Halloween Town festival every single year up here. It's amazing. That's I, Out of all those, this one's probably the one that sticks out the most that I could actually handle watching, and I actually kind of like it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why. It could be the sisters. I don't know. Bette Midler in that role is just hilarious. Wait, hold on. Are you telling me your your number thirteen choice is Hocus Pocus? It is. No, I think you're messing with me. This whole time you're messing with me. Huh. All I right. I do have a. If if this makes it any better, I no, do. No, have no, no, no. That's fine. It's a, my sister loves one. it. She was so mad at me that I'd never seen it. But that would not make it thirteen. So. Ah. But you gotta have you gotta throw the Charlie Brown one in. There. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a prerequisite. That, that's yeah. it, since you assume everybody's gonna do that one, you always have to take it off the list. Um, there there are certain movies that I saw too late or I haven't seen yet that I'm worried that I won't like. Uh, I saw mm-hmm. Never Ending Story for the very first time a couple years ago. I'm like, man, it's okay. I don't know what the crazy fad is, whatever. And then it was a... I've never seen Dark Crystal. Go ahead. I've never seen Dark Crystal. Have you? just dug back into it no i've never seen it i still haven't seen it netflix has yeah but it's creepy it's fucking creepy i don't want to watch it the pop is a little weird man you know well i jumped into dark crystal (laughs) i actually just i had a band contest the other day or not a band contest they said a banana contest i was like what is no 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 (laughs) i for those of you don't know i drive a school bus and i do uh trips now and again after that so we did a soccer trip and we were in a bad side of town. I'm like, you know what? I'm not leaving my bus. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched Dark Crystal. I downloaded it and I started watching the series, and it's actually not bad. Or mini series, whatever you want to call it, but on Netflix. But they're both on Netflix if you're interested. The same. Anyway. Yeah. Um, what was the other one you said? The Dark Crystal. Never ending story. That I bought for my kids to watch because I thought. You know, it was the same way. I watched it when I was younger, though. Uh-huh. I loved it then. And honestly, I still I still kind of like it now, but it's definitely a kid's movie. That's why it was such a big deal. Yeah. Kids' fantasy during the 80s, it's just so big. There's so many of these amazing movies, and most of them flopped. Return to Oz, to me, is absolutely astonishing. It's the closest to Oz we've mm-hmm. ever had, yet massive flop nearly put Disney out of business. Which sucks. I mean... Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. That was what the book. That's what he envisioned in the first place, and it didn't take. I don't. Yeah, care. I can't even watch the original Wizard of Oz anymore because it's so far off from the original books. Uh, I can't handle watching movies that are that long much anymore. <laughs> well, I, let me <laughs> I ask can't you this: sitting out to watch Waterworld again. Why are Why are there even? <laughs> I just watched the Ulysses cut, which is five hours long, I think, oh, and really? I'll eat up every minute of it. The um. Why does the witch even have water in the castle? Why? Would you carry around something you knew would kill you? Just, or no, don't be around when they clean. Like, just, come on. We're supposed to just pay tickets and not be, you know, think. Were the monkeys cleaning? Was there a maid? I, I was a housekeeping crew? Was there a guy in the back room with a buffer going, Sorry, I, I see you're battling some sort of lion and a, a tin man or something? I'll, I'll finish up later. Let's <laughs> see. It's a good thing she died because he'd have been fired. Yeah, hotel, oh, he would have been on fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so that's our 13. Uh, anything else you want to throw in before we go? No, I'm sure there's a lot I left out, but I had to come up with some on the fly, and those are the first ones that came to Yeah, me, so. there's so many that we watched as a kid, but not a lot right. of them hold up. And as you get older, 
I mean, we were horror crazy for about eight years there. And I think it's just, as you get older, you want something different. I'm not bad-mouthing on what you like in horror. If it's what you're looking for, great. But for me, slashers and uh, just flat-out gore, I I never really took that in the first place. What I want to see was some fantastical world presented to me. I want to see amazing special effects. I want to see something imaginative and no one's ever done this before. So, and and frankly, I want to have characters I care about and acting that is at least decent. And that's the problem with a lot of stuff in the genre is that it was a cheap cash in. You can do horror movies for a tenth of the price of a sci-fi movie. You know, uh, it's it just it, as profitable or more profitable. And I think that's kind of when I get older, I just look back on as a cynical cash in. I can't do this. There's a movie in particular you're talking about. We're talking about M. Night Shyamalan earlier. Movies that make you think that are kind of thrillers and what have you. These are the kind of movies I like. One that pops out in my head is one of his. Actually, a lot multiple of his, but the one in particular is The Village. Yes. Oh, my like, God. I was just talking about The Village the other day. I was like, everybody right. hated that. We, sh- we hosted the premiere at our theater when I lived in California. And we, we had a midnight preview. Not, not the world. You know, we didn't have celebrities or anything like that, but we had a midnight preview. And when it was over, there's so many angry, angry people, and they're all walking because they out. wanted it to be supernatural. Yeah, they wanted it to be supernatural. And when it was, it wasn't. They were so mad, and I'm like, I, I applaud him for throwing you off like that. That was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, he's always challenging. But that's the kind of stuff you I'm can... into now. I prefer the thinking. Man. Well, no, okay, I don't want to put anybody down. Not not. Not the Thinking Man's movie, but you know what I mean? I want something that challenges Yes, challenging is yeah. the word. It has yes. to be something fresh and new, even if you don't particularly care for it, at least they're trying for something different. Yeah. I could have easily put together a list of, of retro faves from the 80s and 90s that we put up with. but No, no, no. It, it has <laughs> to be something that you would choose now. Yes, exactly. All right, so... That is it for this episode, and this is it for the Perfect Halloween playlist. Thank you so much, Ron. No problem, anytime. All right, everybody, have a good night. Check us out on Facebook under Video Night. And that's it.